Hi everyone, this is Holly Dutton. I'm a senior associate editor at Multi-Housing News and commercial property executive. And I'm speaking today with Lee Shapiro, who works for Kennedy Wilson in their Los Angeles office. Thank you for being with us today. My pleasure. Tell me about, a lot has been written about and talked about uh, transit-oriented districts in the Los Angeles area. So could you kind of talk about a lot of what's been done and and then we can talk about what's being planned in the future? I'd be glad to. Thank you, Holly. Here in Los Angeles, we have had a growth of public transportation throughout Los Angeles for the last 20 years. We've seen the light rail, which has expanded public transportation, run from all parts of the city focused on downtown Los Angeles, uh, down through Santa Monica and all through West Los Angeles into the San Fernando Valley and East Los Angeles as well. The public transportation that's been light rail is now currently being supplemented by a subway system, which has which will be running from downtown through West Los Angeles into Brentwood with multiple stops in, at uh, major intersections throughout the city. The transportation hub, as it's grown, has facilitated the growth of lots of vertical developments, mostly multifamily developments over commercial space, immediately surrounding the transportation portals. Many cities around the country and of course internationally, I've enjoyed having the density around transportation hubs and Los Angeles is now actually just um, uh, experiencing that for kind of the first or, or the last 10 years of the benefits. Right, right. Yeah, that's been kind of a big theme you know, that we've been talking about at our publication is urbanization and how that's kind of taking form in suburban areas too. A lot of mixed use development and things like that. Uh, I think it's really interesting in, in Los Angeles. I, I live in New York, but and I'm kind of, you know, I'm somewhat familiar with Los Angeles. Uh, I know that it's always been thought of as a place where you have to have a car. So what, how is that kind of, is it, you know, a big growth in population and people kind of just saying, you know, it's time we really need to work on public transit and probably also getting really sick of driving in the traffic, I'm sure. I, I think so. You know, Los Angeles was built as a, originally as kind of a low-rise city with different spots in Los Angeles and parts of Los Angeles having planned density. Downtown Los Angeles, Century City, Santa Monica as, as a few. And in between, of course, of a lot of residential that's spread out in a, in a wide grid. So I think the initial planners really envisioned of growing a city laterally uh, instead of growing it vertically. As land costs have risen in the last you know, two cycles, the uh, last 20, 25 years, it's been, we've seen a lot of the old shopping centers and freestanding uh, office buildings when the tendencies have expired where developers are coming in and building vertical developments. Uh, it's more efficient and obviously the returns are higher once it's completed. There's also been changes in the zoning several, uh, about a decade and a half ago, which encouraged the developers to actually build vertically and have higher density on their dirt of the, of the FAR based on providing low-income housing in the vertical development. So it was a, it was a benefit to some low-income housing, to the developers to build additional uh, square footage, and of course to the seller because they could have a higher sale price. So we saw, we've seen in the last 15 years or so, 15 to 20 years, uh, a large expansion of vertical development in multiple markets. Um, and that was also fueled by the equity markets, which were actually uh, fueling 
uh, fund into this type of development, as they, as they have elsewhere in the country. Los Angeles was kind of the newer city, uh, major city on the radar uh, with large um, demographics and population um, that could absorb the increase in residential density and number of units to be built. Right. So can you tell me about some of some of these big projects and kind of sure. what they look like and what they have? Sure. You know, interestingly, we've had growth of specific submarkets along the transit corridors over, over again, the last 15 years. One of the areas that experienced growth was North Hollywood. Uh, it was the end of where the actual subway terminated in the San Fernando Valley and actually a bus line, the orange line, picked up right at that portal. And that was the last portal to go underneath the hills to get into Hollywood and downtown Los Angeles. We saw a proliferation of mixed-use developments and, and population, which is still continuing today, which once the developments for the residential have came into that submarket, we saw growth in the retail pop, uh, retail stores, Whole Foods, CVSs, Starbucks of the world, which is great. That trend certainly has moved through multiple locations, such as Koreatown in Los Angeles, Santa Monica, California, has experienced tremendous growth with the train. Uh, Culver City now is actually um, experiencing tremendous amount of new development based on the light rail that goes from downtown Los Angeles, the Culver City Station. There's five developments un- currently being built, which are which is going to add over a million square feet of office space uh, to the submarket, and 600,000 square feet of it is leased to Amazon Studios, which took the Culver Studio space, which is one of the premier developments in Los Angeles and and creating a a lot of new jobs, almost 2,000 new jobs will be coming to the single block in an area that traditionally was devoid of uh, abundance of daytime population. Are there other areas that, you know, where there's a lot of opportunity right now? where things maybe haven't been built, but that there's going to be good transit there and people are kind of looking at? Well, I think that the area that's really uh, had the most attention of developers in the last seven, eight years is downtown Los Angeles. Downtown itself uh, was built up in the the, uh, LA Live, Staples Center, kind of entertainment core, the office building Bunker Hill core, as it's called. But the South Park Market, which is just east of there, since for, for decades, was a lot of parking lots and, and freestanding building. In this last cycle, we've seen literally 5,000 new residential units constructed and several thousand more actually in entitlements and future construction. This is all within about a 48-month to 60-month delivery timeline. And of the, that area, which again was very... You know, there was no reason to go down there previously very much, except if you're going to a business. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's full of people, daytime and nighttime. Uh, the retail stores that have come to the submarket are higher-end retail stores, like the Jumpman brand and Apple Store, down to the daily service needs tenants like Chase Bank, Starbucks, Chipotle, those types of tenants, and, and many types of tenants in between, such as Healthy Spot, Doggy Daycare. Right, because people in all these apartments need some animal right. health services. Right. As an example, Aveda Salon is a tenant that come in. CVS has come in. So it's just grown this whole segment of a area that was 
for the retail tenancy to actually grow their brands. And there's still growth remaining in this sub-market. The, there, there's an infill area between kind of Staples Center, South Park neighborhood, all the way to the Arts District of downtown. And if your listeners have studied Los Angeles growth, they'll, they'll read about the Arts District, which is still the area that was the old brick warehouse buildings, which have been, many of them converted to coffee houses and restaurants. And it retains that old, kind of that Brooklyn feel in the day, you know, if you're a New York right. uh, listener. Right. Um, so, and there's a whole garment district between that, that the Atlas Capital, as an example, took down and uh, built a development called The Row, which is a old manufacturing building with over a million square feet, and is crafting it into office and retail. It's actually where Smorgasbord uh, from New York uh, operates in the summer on Sundays. They're kind of bringing this vibe of the New York kind of feeling into the downtown area, which is fantastic. I'm curious about kind of the local government and how supportive are there? I'm curious about kind of zoning and building vertically. Have there been any issues with that or are they really encouraging this? It's a very astute question. I'm glad you asked that. You know, there's, I think like every major city that your listeners uh, are in, there are some slow, there's, there's some folks that are concerned about the higher density and vertical development creating more vehicular traffic in their neighborhoods. Um, which and there's the other groups that are feeling as though the areas immediately surrounding the metro portals should actually be upzoned to create more density immediately within a half a mile, so that people that live in those areas can actually not have to drive, right? Can just walk to the train. I've, I've seen the momentum moving more into the upzoning around the transit corridors to create more density in those areas. Hollywood is an example, which is one of the most iconic submarkets in Los Angeles, historically has, go, has, has experienced a wave in the last 20 years of large vertical developments immediately surrounding the, the metro core. And every, it seems like every three years, 36 months or so, there's one or two additional new office or multifamily buildings being completed in the submarket where the density of the area and the growth of the number of residential units begets additional interest from developers to keep building immediately surrounding the core. I think the cities, you know, love it because they have gross sales uh, receipts for to help out with their cities. And again, it creates community in, in, a, in a very small area, which right. in New York, every, you know, it's all through New York. It's fantastic. Um, Los Angeles, we're just beginning to enjoy that, that area with, with large vertical density outside of specific areas and now along the transit stops. So it's creating new communities. Right, right. And what about you personally? What kind of deals have you been involved with that you want to talk about or that you can talk about? I've been involved in markets that are surrounding the transit-oriented corridors with primarily uh, restaurants, health and wellness tenants, fitness tenants and such, right. and some retail. Okay. I think the retail component, which is retail struggled this last 36 months, we'll call it throughout nationally, internationally, for expansion of true retail. We've seen expansion of financial tenants. We've seen an expansion of cellular type tenants in the markets. With the health and wellness, we've seen everything. I've probably completed myself 12 different fitness, especially fitness tenants, the Planet Fitness and the Blink Fitness on the high side of square footage down to specialty 
tenants that are 1,200 to 1,500 square feet all through Los Angeles around the cores. The restaurants themselves, we are experiencing a large expansion of the coffee houses, I think as, as expected with the growth of the residential population. Uh, we have seen uh, new growth of tent sit-down restaurants in the 2,500 to 4,000 square foot range that are now stepping in to enjoy some of the new density. Um, I mentioned some earlier, Aveda Salon, which is a chain, of course, Chipotle, Starbucks, Genoa Korean Barbecue, we did a lease with them. Speaking of retail that's doing well, that's exactly what I've heard is that fitness, health, and food are all really well, yeah. what's working right now. What's That's huge. Yeah, those are the drivers, I would say. We've also seen a quick expansion of the daily service needs tenants, Walgreens, right. CVS. I think those two uh, drugstores are still competing fiercely in Los Angeles. We have enjoyed the growth of specialty grocers here in Los Angeles um, over the last 10 years. You know, we had Trader Joe's, who was one of the first being kind of specialty grocers in the day um, that brought the price point down for you know many goods, where now we have Sprouts Market has come to Los Angeles to expand over the last five years. Uh, we have Lazy Acres, which is another brand that's come to Los Angeles. We have Lassen's Market. Those Lassen's is in a template size of thirteen to 14,000 square feet as an example. So Trader Joe's is twelve to 14,000 feet. So we have the sizes of these grocers from the specialty mid-size of those I just mentioned all the way up to the hyper-size still where the, the, the Kroger's and the Vons and, and such are looking for and the Gelson's seeking out 25 to 45,000 square feet. Okay. I'm just curious, is it, you know, you mentioned land costs have risen, and I think that's probably true everywhere. I know for sure in New York. Does that make it harder to get deals done? Um, I think that the cost of equity, uh, you know, decreasing over the last 36 months has assisted with the growth of of the valuation of land. The land itself, of course, is only as valuable as what you can build on it. There's another benefit to having a development site within a transit-oriented district in Los Angeles. The area specifically are are up-zoned, as I mentioned earlier, so that the developers can actually build additional units. They've also added uh, ability to increase the amount of low-income units in those projects as well, which allows for the developers to typically pay higher, higher purchase prices for the land. The dirt in Los Angeles for development for residential development is still always subject to what the valuation of the future rental of the product is, right? Right. Um, But the returns will be, will always guide the cost of the land uh, and how long it will take to actually obtain entitlements to build the dirt, to build the land. You know, Los Angeles has enjoyed having several types of developers become professional entitlers. They're very good at entitling the land and then they're just selling their entitlements to the developers themselves. So it's a, it's a niche specialty, and and that model of growth and the value of the land has risen uh, dramatically, assisted by the interest from the equity markets to fund this type of development over the last you know seven eight years. Um, there have been some initiatives that have been passed uh, through city council and such, and ballot measures, which are putting some pressure on putting some pressure on the developers because it will increase the cost of development 
by actual em- employment expenses to actually build future developments. There was an initiative called JJJ, which your readers can look up, which passed this last year, which worked into more of a living wage for the uh, for, for the contractors and their employees to, to build these con- uh, these developments. So when there's upward expense of material costs and employment costs, of course, in any business, it puts pressure on the value of the land. Okay. Eventually. So looking forward to 2019, do you feel pretty optimistic? We're very optimistic. We have had many discussions internally with our team about our expectations for the upcoming, you know, two to four quarters, even six quarters. And I think in the Los Angeles submarket, we're fortunate to have still the international markets understand that the valuation of real estate here is still reasonably less than other markets around the country as well as internationally. So okay. we, we still foresee that we'll see, again, deployment of capital into our markets for, for quite a long time to come. Are there any particular projects, uh, transit-oriented development projects that are going to be coming online in 2019? Yeah. Um, I think there's one in particular that's one of the largest developments in Los Angeles. And caveat is I'm, I'm the real estate broker representing the commercial portion of it uh, for, for your listeners. Um, but it is a very large development uh, over a million square feet. It's in downtown Los Angeles. It's called Oceanwide Project, uh, the Oceanwide Development. It's directly across from Staples Center and LA Live. It's comprised of three major components. Uh, one of them, the, the largest portion is over 500 residential condominiums in three towers. The second component is a hotel. It's actually the Park Hyatt Hotel. They've been able to achieve a luxury brand flag in over 180 units. And then we, Kennedy Wolfen, is representing the ownership for the leasing of just over 150,000 square feet of of two-level commercial space. And this particular area where Staples is, if your reader, if your listeners look on a map, they'll notice it's kind of like the Times Square of downtown as compared to Manhattan. Um, it's where all the because the Lakers and the Kings and the Clippers you know play at Staples and LA Live has multiple theaters and live live entertainment and such and restaurants so it's right at the kind of four corners of the entertainment district so that particular development is is has a lot of visibility uh, here in Los Angeles and in the trades Um, and we are fortunate to have large floor plates to lease as well we could put together over 35,000 square feet of, of two level tenancy so we are receiving a lot of interest from uh, health and wellness and, and restaurant tenants, as well as a specialty retail at this point. A delivery of that is actually um, fourth quarter 2019 for tenant construction opening in spring of spring to summer 20. It's contiguous to the metro uh, station. There's two metro stations in downtown along the fl- uh, flower line, and it's contiguous to one of the two stations. The whole area besides Oceanwide, there's multiple developments surrounding it that have also been built and are currently under construction. So there's a tremendous number of residential units being added to the submarket. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.